Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. All right, we're in week three of our uh, Genius of Generosity uh, series. And remember, we're not trying to cajole you, scold you, all that kind of stuff around uh, your possessions and particularly your money. We're just trying to share with you some fundamental biblical truths uh, around just radical generosity. It's part of our DNA here at Christ Church, and uh, so we just need to pour that out uh, for you. And so each week we've been looking at some of these just simple principles around the genius of uh, generosity. Week one, uh, we said in short, hey, it's just smart, uh, and there's a whole lot of joy connected to it. Remember that? It's just a smart thing to do. There's a whole lot of joy uh, connected to it. And then uh, week two, we said, hey, it's all his. Uh, After all, it's all his, and we are here to manage what he pours into our lives and to manage those things and that prosperity he gives us according to uh, his purposes. And so today, we take one more step and uh, look specifically at prosperity, about what he pours into our lives and for uh, what, what purpose, right? So there's a simple truth that uh, we just need to grab out of Scripture this morning. And uh, boy, if you just grab this and understand this, this, this simple truth, uh, if you just take it really to heart and start putting it into practice, uh, it will change your orientation about how you view prosperity, right? About what, what's coming in, into your life and why, okay? It starts with a simple, simple biblical truth. God wants to bless his own. Right? So if you're, you're in the room today and you're already a Christ follower and you're, you're there saying, hey, uh, my life is not my own. It belongs to Jesus. Jesus is Lord. You need to understand God wants to bless your life. Right? He wants to bless his family. He wants to bless his children. It is his nature. It's who he is. It's what he desires. It is part of his character. He cannot help it. He just wants to do more in your life. Now, we understand this. If you're a parent, parents out there, you ought to kind of get the feel of this, right? Scripture even acknowledges that. It says, hey, parents, you parents, if your child asks for a loaf of bread, do you give uh, them a stone instead? The answer is, no, of course not. I don't do that, right? Or if they ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake? The answer is, Yeah, no, I don't do that. Of course not, right? He even says, of course not, you don't do that. Why? So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, look at this. If you get that figured out, right? If you understand that it's a a relationship between a parent and a child, that a parent always wants more for their kids, right? There's this, the parent always wants more for their kids. So if you get that principle... And you apply that on your relationship with God. Here's what he says. So if you get that, how much, what's the word? Don't miss that word. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? You see, God doesn't want to just bless you. God just doesn't want to give you enough. He wants to give you more. He doesn't want his children to live just adequate lives. He wants his kids to live extraordinary lives. He wants more for his kids. 
He wants to bring more into your life. It is who he is. It is what he's about. It is simply his character. He can't help but want to bring more into your life. If you look at Luke, uh, you get Jesus talking to his followers, and he says, give and you will receive. Now, we've got to be careful with this verse, by the way. Uh, a lot of people use this verse uh, wrongly, uh, especially some of the televangelists out there with the whole prosperity gospel thing, right? They kind of use this as if it's only talking about money. It's not. It's actually in a section of Scripture where he's talking about so much more, right? If you, if you give more forgiveness, if you give more acceptance, if you give more love. But it's a principle about generosity. That's what he's getting to, right? So it influences our, our financial generosity, but it's about something bigger than just financial generosity, just so we all know, right? He says, give and you receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for... You see that word? To make room for more, running over, and poured into your lap. What's he telling you? Listen, he, he wants to bring more into your life. He wants your life to be about something and someone more than just yourself. He's capable, he's prepared, and he desires to do more in your life. I'm going to give you three uh, scriptures here from the book of Proverbs. Now, if you've been around the book of Proverbs, you know the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom, right? It's a book of wisdom. So this is just biblical, godly, smart stuff, right? And so I'm going to run through these three verses real quick, and you just try to put the beads on the chain together here and see if these verses don't say something about God's desire for more in your life and equally around the generosity in your life. You ready to go? So Proverbs, here's Proverbs 3. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain. Your vats will overflow with good wine. Overflow, he wants to bring you more. You see that? If you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. He's going to take care of you. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose. Do you see any kind of thread running through those wisdom statements? It's just this thread of this attitude of God of what He is prepared to do in your life. He is prepared to do more. He's prepared to do more. Right? You can see in Deuteronomy 24, He even kind of codifies it into the life of the Old Testament in, in his people in the Old Testament. He, he gives them kind of a codified behavior to say, listen, this, this is the way you need to behave now. You just need to behave in a, with a sense of generosity and a sense of more, right? And so he says, when you're out there harvesting your crops uh, and you forget to bring in a bundle of grain from your field, don't go back and get it, right? Don't think it's about you. Don't go back and get it. Leave it for the foreigners, orphans, and widows then the Lord your God will bless you in all you do. What's the principle? He is prepared to do more. Right? Just leave it. Don't worry about it. Don't get hung up on it. Oh, my gosh, I forgot one. Holy cow, I forgot all that grain out there. It's like, no, don't, you got to understand. You don't have to worry about that because God is prepared to do more. 
He's prepared to provide for you and more. It's what he desires, what he wants. The Apostle Paul uh, captures it in Acts 20. He says, And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. What is the attitude? It is an attitude of generosity, right? It's just an attitude of generosity. It is that understanding that our God wants to bring more into our lives. He's capable of it. He's prepared to do it. He desires to do it. He just wants to make our lives more. Now, why does God want to make our lives more? Just because he's good? Well, that's part of it. He's just a good, great God, right? And he just wants good uh, in your life. But it's possible there could be something else going on. Absolutely. He wants to bring more into your life. Why? So you can bring more into somebody else's life. He wants to bring more into your life so that you can do his work, which is more kingdom work in this world. He relies on us to spread out the more, right? He wants to do more. He desires to do more. And so he desires to do that more so that as he does more in our lives, we're able to do more in somebody else's life. You follow? Look at this one. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So let me ask you this. How big is our God? Oh, he's pretty big. How big a crop do you suppose he plants? How big a vision does he have for our world? How many people does he want to reach? How many hearts does he want to change? How many lives does he want to reclaim for Jesus Christ? Holy cow, he's a pretty big God, and he's got a pretty big vision, which means he's going to plant a pretty big crop, right? He's expecting a huge harvest, and he is prepared to plant a huge crop. And he does it through us. He wants to bring more into our lives, but as he brings more into our lives, he brings more so that we can have not only more life, but we can do more for his kingdom. Here's where it's really clear. 2 Corinthians 9. Get it? And God will generously provide all that you need. So he's going to do more in your life, right? He's going to do more. He's going to give you generously. He's going to give you everything that you need. Then you will always have everything you need. Now notice the next word. The next word is and. Are you still listening to me? Yeah, okay. Yeah, the next word is not hard. You learned this in like second grade maybe or first grade. And, right? The next word is and. What does that mean? Well, he's going to do this and he's going to do something else, right? Isn't that what it means? He's going to do this. He's going to provide you everything you need. But at the same time, while he's providing you everything you need, what else is he going to do? And so he's going to provide you everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. What is he going to do? More. He's going to do more. He's going to give you everything you need and more. That's the way he works. He's going to do everything you need and more. As the scriptures say, they share freely, give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seeds for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources 
and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Now notice the next one. Yes, you will be enriched in every way. He's going to do more, right? You'll be enriched in every way. Why? So that you can always be generous. So that you can always do more. So you can always do more. That's the way he works. You see, we have a big God who plants a big crop and he expects a big harvest. How does he do this? Well, he is a God who wants to do more in your life. But as he does more in your life, he does more with the intention of providing you the opportunity to do more for his kingdom. To provide you the opportunity to not just receive more, but remember you're managers of what you receive. And so as a manager, you manage that to do more. For his purposes. Does this make sense? It's really great stuff, right? So we put ourselves in a position of receiving more as we manage, according to his purposes, to do more, right? This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. This is not prosperity gospel. This is not casting your seed so you can get it multiplied a hundredfold. It's not all that stuff. No, this is simply... Not trying to earn God's favor or earn God's more. It's just putting yourself in a position of obedience so that God can't help himself but provide you with more. So that you can do more. Follow? Here's the way it is. The real question then is if you've been following along, the real question is not what God is prepared to do. The real question is, are we really prepared to believe that God can do it? Are we really prepared to believe everything we've been talking about for these three weeks now? That we have a radically generous God, that he wants to bring joy into our lives, and he is able to provide us with more that we can manage for his kingdom's purposes. That he'll provide everything we need and more to accomplish his purposes. The real question is, do we believe that? Do we really Take that to heart and act out of that in faith and say, yes, that's my God. That's who God is. If you look at 2 Corinthians, it says, As a result of your ministry, they give glory to God. For your generosity to them, to all believers, uh, believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Obedient to the good news of Christ. You really believe the good news of Christ. Well, what's the good news of Christ? Well, the good news is that God is radically generous. He is so radically generous, and He loves you so much. He wants so much more for your life that He sent His precious Son, Jesus Christ, to be with you. And He wants so much more for your life that Jesus was willing to go to the cross and die for you so that you can be forgiven. And yesterday is yesterday, and today is a new day. And you don't have to carry the burdens of your past anymore. He is such a radically generous God. He wants so much more for your life that Jesus could not be contained in the darkness of a tomb and death, but he walked out three days later, and he is alive to work and rule into your life and bring you more so you can do more. Do you believe that? You see, if we believe that, then we're radically obedient 
in our generosity. Paul says, For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far, what? More. I love Paul. He's great. He gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They did even more than we had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to. Their first action was to do what? Their first action was to give themselves to the Lord. What's that mean? Their first action was to give up their life. And say, it's no longer my own. It is all yours, Jesus. You see, this is, this is the starting point. This is the principle of radical generosity. That God can do more in our lives when we just give him our lives. God can do more in our lives when we put ourselves in a position where we say, life isn't about me anymore. It is all about him. He can do more in our lives when we first just simply surrender our lives to him. And this isn't just about our finances and the way we manage the money and the resources he gives us. It's about giving our whole lives to him. When we give our whole lives to him, he is able to do more. Let me prove that to you, not by my own testimony, but let me introduce you to Joe uh, and Wendy, uh, some of our Christ followers around here at Christ Church, and listen to their story, how they gave their marriage to the Lord, and the Lord did more with it. My name is Wendy Hope Bone, married to Joseph. My name is Joseph Bone, and uh, I've been at Christ Church roughly for about three years now. Looking back at where things started to, I would say, go downhill or start to get rough when Wendy and I was probably a few years after my daughter was born, I fell into a pretty deep state of depression, and I stayed in that depression for quite some time. I didn't know at the time that he was depressed. I didn't know what was going on with him. He just totally disengaged there was really nothing that she could do anymore. She continued to live her life. Um, my wife and daughter left the house, coming home to an empty home after living with your family for quite some time is a very difficult situation. You quickly realize that the life has exited your house and that it is just you. At that point, with nowhere to go, we sought out the counsel of Pastor Bob. The person we trusted the most at that time was Pastor Bob at Christ Church. And we really didn't even know him that well, even at that point. It was God leading us, right, definitely. Right to Pastor Bob. Now when Bob. we look back... <laughs> right to Pastor Bob. Right. Yeah. He had a calm about him, and he had a resolve, and he had a plan for Wendy and I, and he had a love for us that really at that point we didn't even have for ourselves through getting back into church on a regular basis and continuing to um, have our counseling. Um, Wendy and I managed to pull things back together again. I feel that 
being, you know, regular attenders at church is uh, also going to obviously be a big positive for us and our marriage and our family as a whole moving together in the future. I've seen the church grow tremendously in the time that we started coming to the Sure, a couple of years that we've been now, there. Now, yeah. it's super cool to watch and be a part of, and I think that it helps us as a couple and a family to be a part of something like that that's so positive. Mm-hmm. I believe the future of Christ Church is going to be something very bright. I continually, on Sundays, see new people coming in. There's an energy in the church right now. People are, are excited and they have a drive and a willingness and, and a sacrifice to, to move forward to the next step um, that God has intended for this church. And it's it certainly is an exciting thing, not only for my family and I, but for the entire church body. Wherever God wants to take it, he's going to take That's it. It's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's, cool to, it's cool to be a part of. Greater, Greater things, things are, are coming. coming. <laughs> So what did they do first? They just gave themselves to the Lord, right? They, they just entrusted their marriage and said they, they can't do it anymore. They entrusted their, their experience and said they can't do it. But God had something more in store for them. That's the principle. When we, when we just surrender to this gracious God and just trust Him and believe Him, He wants to do more in our life. He can do more in our life. And we just put ourselves in a position to say, Lord, it's up to you now. That's really what we're doing here at Christ Church with, uh, with our Greater Things uh, experience, right? With this big expansion that we're planning. It's going to be big. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but boy, it is a huge step of faith. A uh, huge step of faith for us. Um, but God's capable. God's able. He wants to do more for this church. He wants to do more in the lives of other people that are going to experience Christ church in the future. And for us, it's just to believe that. To just step into that in faith and just believe it and trust Him and first surrender ourselves uh, to Him. Right? You, you look at Matthew and Jesus says, Look, you, you don't have enough faith. I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. We're just saying about the unstoppable God, right? He just wants to do more. He can do more if we just surrender and put ourselves in that position where he can bless and do more. He says, each must decide in his own heart how much to give. Uh, don't, don't, don't do it reluctantly or in response to pressure. That's not what we're trying to do. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. We just want you to pray over this next week uh, what your commitment's going to be. We're going to ask you for a, a three-year commitment of sacrifice above your regular tithe, three-year commitment of sacrifice for something bigger uh, than yourself, something greater uh, here. And just believe that through these gifts, uh, God can do uh, more, and he wants to do more through the ministry here at, uh, at Christ Church. And uh, it's kind of a great image in this verse of Luke 6. You know, the given you shall receive, your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaking together, make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. How many like ice cream? Yeah, 
Yeah, so I did this uh, thing. I went down, I rummaged through the drawers here at church, and I found different sized ice cream scoops. Right? I found these. Yeah. Which one do you suppose I want to use? Huh? Yeah, it's not this little dinky one here, or this little dinky one, or that one. I kind of vote for this one. Actually, I did some research, and I vote for that one. That baby serves up a whole pint. That's a one-pint ice cream scoop, right? Yeah, I mean, we'd love uh, more. We'd love more. We'd love more in our lives. I tell you, I want to see God do more. I want to see God do more in this place. I know He wants to. I believe He can. I just want to encourage you to do the same thing. Just give yourself to the Lord and believe. This is the God we have. This is who He is. And He can't help. He can't stop but wanting to give us more because He wants to do more in each of our lives. It says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became what? Poor. So that by His poverty He could make you rich. We are the richest people on the face of the earth. I mean, not just literally, but we are the richest people because we have an incredibly rich, generous God. And that God wants to do more in and through our lives, in and through this place. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. Thank you. Thank you for being the God that you are. Uh, We don't deserve it. Nothing we can do to earn it. You just give it. You, you just are so generous in your love for us, generous in your forgiveness for us, and generous in the, in the prosperity that you bring into our lives. Help us to manage it well, not for ourselves, but for your kingdom. We know you want to do more. And we know that every time you do more, it's not just about us. It's about you working in us and through us to do more in the lives of somebody else. So, Lord, we come to you today, and we just do as Jesus asked when he came to those disciples and said, just drop the nets, drop everything, and come and follow me. Lord, we just want to follow you. We want to be faithful to you and obedient to the good news that we know to be true in Jesus Christ our Lord. It's in his name we pray. Amen. challenged this morning to um, think about our generosity in terms of our faith. So we're going to respond this morning in a song. Um, It's one that we've sung before, um, but I think I chose it this morning because it talks about um, not only, you know, praising God for who he is, but um, asking that he would open our eyes um, to how he sees the world. And I think that's the only way we can start to become generous. So I invite you to stand with us, and we're going to sing this one out. Worthy of every song.